This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 250. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I am your host, and this is a Colored Pencil Podcast. I am so excited to bring back to the show as a guest host today, Barb Sotoropoulos. Barb, how are you today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? I am doing never better. So this in this show, we're going to talk about light fast ratings, and we're going to talk about the the, the entire topic of light fast. And the name of this show, I'm calling this Does Light Fast Really Matter? Now you may you may think about that for a moment and think, well, yeah, John, you've been talking about how much it matters for a long time now. Um, yeah, kind of true. Uh, but let me let me just talk for a moment about something that happened way back in uh, maybe 2015. Uh, you know, when I first started recording the show with Lisa Clow, and we did a show. I th- it may have been our first, our absolute first show that we did uh, was on Lightfast, and it was so funny because. You know, it, it was brand new to me. I was trying to figure out how to do a podcast, how to edit, how to, uh, you know, mix uh, voices together and all this stuff. And I didn't I didn't have anybody that would listen to it. I didn't know if anyone would ever listen to it. Um, now, you know, I, I can proudly say that um, I have over 500,000 downloads to the show. And it, it's so exciting to me. But I never really envisioned that that would really happen. But what was interesting was. I asked friends and family, hey, go listen to the show. And they listened to the Light Fast rating show. Light, you know, we talked about Light Fast. And uh, I remember one guy in particular, a friend of mine, telling me, he said, yeah, it was a pretty good show. But I have no idea what Light Fast means. <laughs> he said, you never defined it. And I thought, what? And I, <laughs> I went back and listened. <laughs> we, t- we pranced all around the topic, and we never defined what Light Fast was. Now, I know since then, um, in subsequent shows, there's been a lot of discussion about what Lightfast uh, is and with regard to particular colored pencil lines. But today, I want to kind of readdress it and talk about this whole idea of light fastness and with regard to materials and in particular colored pencil and which colored pencil line we may be talking about, whether or not the colorants, uh, the dyes, the pigments, the inks, and the binders and all of that stuff together, all the waxes and oils, if you want to uh, call them that as a layperson, that's what I call them. If all of that really matters in the final product, and so I want to correct my wrong and define what Lightfast really is. And so I'm just going to make it very, very, very simple because I'm a simple guy. I'm not a, a, a technologist uh, with regard to any, you know, any kind of, I'm not a chemist, I'll put it that way. I don't know all the ins and outs about how exactly all these things are made, but I can tell you that what matters to me is, um, you know, the blendability of a pencil, uh, the performance of a pencil, how well it plays with other pencils, and if it's water soluble or not, or what it does with solvent, and whether or not it's light fast. And then we're going to talk about uh, why that may or may not matter. But what we're talking about then is the degree to which a pencil color 
will fade over time when exposed to UV rays. So how um, color safe are the, the pencils that we're using? How resistant to exposure to certain things are, uh, the, uh, are the pigments that you're using, are the uh, materials that you're using? And so there's some very definite things that we look at whenever we're talking about light fastness. And some of those things are uh, light, obviously, UV rays and temperature, humidity, pollution. Um, a lot of other things you know, could be said about each of those categories. But those four in particular, light, temperature, humidity, and pollution. Most of the time, I think whenever we're talking about light fast, though, I think that what we think of in our mind, or at least what I think of, Barb, maybe you think of something different, but I'm, I'm really only thinking about really pretty much one thing, maybe two, but I'm thinking about the, the exposure of the artwork to UV rays. That's mostly what I'm thinking about when I'm talking about it. I know there's other things involved, and the companies that are testing for uh, the fugitive pigments or whether or not something is light fast, they're really exposing um, their, their colored pencil swatches. They're exposing them to all of these things, but really in particular, it's the UV rays, the temperature, and the humidity because that's what's controlled in a, spectometer, a spectrometer or whatever, whatever that big machine is called that um, costs you know, tons of money. Um, spectrometer thank you <laughs> is that it i think that is it yeah so anyway so they go in they go into this machine and then they they accelerate the process and they try to emulate what would happen if uh any of this artwork or any of these swatches rather were exposed to all of these elements over time and so i think they go up to 100 years a little over they can extrapolate uh, the information, the data that they collect, and say then, okay, if it accelerated this much within this time frame, then we can also say then within, you know, I don't know, 2 to 15 years it'll do this, 15 to 50, 50 to 100, over 100. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to talk for a moment um, about the exact scale. We have two scales that we use. Whenever we're talking about measures and the standards involved, we're talking about the blue wool scale and the ASTM uh, rating system. So those are, are the two. But before we do that, Barb, let's, let's talk about then why, why would it – we know why it would be, would be important for someone to – an artist to be concerned about their artwork fading. I mean if it faded over time – uh, and if you're a serious artist and you're selling your work or you're uh, giving it away as gifts or you are uh, creating artwork uh, to um, show in a gallery or something like that, and it's potentially going to wind up with a client. If you're concerned about that and the saleability of your work, then you're probably concerned about light, fast ratings. But let's talk about, and there is a segment of the audience that they're not concerned about that at the beginning because they're brand new. So let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, sure. Um, actually, this is 
a subject I'm a little bit passionate about because I feel like um, while lightfastness is obviously very important and it's something that, you know, is focused on quite a bit when we're talking about which brands to use and longevity of your artwork and that sort of thing, I think it's also sometimes um, inhibiting people from trying out certain brands because of that, either because they, um, you know, the light fast ratings aren't available for certain products or, um, they just, you know, they'll, they'll buy a brand and see that like, well, maybe half of them aren't rated very highly. So, you know, they don't buy them at all or whatever. And, and, and I think, um, you know, there's a real miss happening there because in some cases, I mean, you're talking about certain brands, um, you know, from a financial perspective, for whatever reason, you know, maybe you're, a teenager, maybe you're, you know, on a limited income, whatever the the reason may be, you may not have the, you may not have it available to you, or, you know, maybe the product just isn't available where you live. Um, You may not have it available to you to, to pay the the price tag that comes along with something like Karen Dosh, for example. So, um, and I think, you know, my biggest concern with that is I feel like, you know, are people being um turned off by the medium or or not uh you know trying it at all because they think well i can't afford to even do this like i can't you feel like that's a real barrier to entry huh is that is that what it is is that what i'm hearing yeah i think i think for some people it can be i mean i think you know there's a lot of really great resources out there for people online and you know between youtube videos and stuff like that where you know you have people who are recommending the products that they feel really passionate about but yeah. at the same time i mean as someone who is a beginner you're sitting there thinking oh well all i can use is polychromos or karen dosh is the only brand that's going to give me certain results and that's and that's karen not dosh luminance you know you're yeah, gonna pay like six dollars per pencil or something <laughs> totally, ridiculous totally. yeah six dollars canadian <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah like and and, and i feel like that that's really unfortunate because i think if you know while while those brands are certainly um you know uh the top of the line and and they they're performing at a very high level and that we're not yeah. contesting that at all but you know I, I think i had given you the example of if you're if you're learning to play guitar for example you know you can buy a pawn shop guitar and learn on that 200 dollars guitar or whatever it is and then That's eventually make yourself Seriously, totally and yeah. then eventually make yourself you make your way up to like buying the gibson that costs however many thousands of dollars but, i never you know made the, the learning level, is still gonna occur to be honest <laughs> Well, what I'm saying though is that, yeah. like, you know, if if somebody had told you the only way you're gonna you're gonna sound good playing guitars if you play a Gibson SG, like, it's you're gonna think, oh, why would I even buy? Totally, yeah, and and thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's so many brands out there that are just they're they're so uh, great to learn on, and the quality is there right. enough to give you the foundation to learn blending, to learn layering, to learn the skills that you need to learn, and I think you know. That even said, a lot of them. Well, I keep interrupting yeah, you. Sorry. Even no, if they don't okay. do it as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I've done tests with brands that you know are not considered the top of the line by any means, and they don't have light fast ratings, and sometimes they don't even have a name on the color of the pencil. Right. But right. That said, if your skill level is at a certain place, you can still create a really good result without you know, uh, having it to having, have it be that, that high end brand, it it comes down to your, to the, to the practice and learning the techniques. And yes, that said, some brands perform better and a little bit easier, but 
I, I just don't think, you know, people should be limiting themselves when it comes to, you know, available products that they can use to, to sort of get, to take those first steps. And, and as far as light fastness is concerned, I mean, in, in the beginning, if you're just learning, if you're just trying it out, you're not necessarily selling your work anyways. So right, right. you shouldn't, you don't really need to worry about it. And colored pencils, if you're using them consistently, they don't last so long that you're like, oh, now I'm stuck with this set. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. Like yeah, you'll use them, them quite. <laughs> yeah, you'll go, you'll go through them. Like, yeah. it's not like you're going to be stuck with a set of, like, even if you, even if all you did was start with a set of 24 or 48, depending on what's available in the line, I mean, you'll go through those. Like, it's, if you're doing it consistently enough to be practicing and really getting something out of it, you'll, you'll go through them. So it just, right. it's, it's, I, I feel like if you're talking about it in the context of being a beginner, which is yes. which is sort of where I th what I think we're sort of addressing here to some extent right. is that, you know, you don't need to worry about light fastness to the extent that maybe it's focused on, um, you know, certainly as a professional artist who's selling originals, that is for sure a concern. Like you should, yeah. by all means, be trying to have the highest in integrity in terms of the quality of what you're selling people or, um, but you know, if you're a beginner, like, I, I don't think that needs, personally, I don't think that needs to be as big of a deal um, in, in the beginning. Like, when you're learning, yeah, I think, yeah. you know. No, absolutely. Just, just give your, don't, don't limit yourself by, by brand if, if it means, right. you know, like, oh, well, they, they said these aren't light fast, I can't use them. Well, no, that's not true at all. Right. No, good point. And, and, and I think, uh, it would probably be helpful if we do just spend a little bit of time here talking about the beginner, and then we can kind of move into, uh, reasons why you wouldn't want to do this, um, more if you are more serious about your artwork or some concerns, I guess, um, for a different group, but as a beginner, and let's talk about that a moment. So as a beginner, here's some of the things that I've, I've heard and witnessed from beginners. Oh, I'm so excited. I just bought uh, the uh, Karen Dosh Luminance pencils and and or uh, I've had people say this, too. I just bought the full set of uh, the Derwent Lightfast pencils, uh, which are also, uh, you know, a pretty hefty price on on those as well. They're excellent pencils. And I'm, I'm not contesting that. I love those pencils, both of those. And just for full disclosure here. Uh, Derwent has, uh, sent me some pencils in the past for my students and, uh, they're actually doing a, a sponsorship of, um, the next release of my face value course. And so they've got some pencil sets that we'll be raffling off. So I, I just want to make sure that that's clear that, uh, they, they did do that and I uh, appreciate them for that. Uh, but I, I want to make sure I disclose that, but here, but here's my point. I love the Derwent Lightfast pencils. I love the Karen Dosh Luminance pencils. I love the Polychromos, Faber-Castell pencils. But I've had students that will buy these pencils, and then they will, t and I'll turn around, you know, maybe a, a week or a couple of months down the road, I'll ask them, how do you like those pencils? How did you like those Luminance pencils? They say, oh, I don't, I don't use those. I, I They're still in the tin. I'm not using those. Those cost too much. You know, it's like. Well, then it didn't really do you any good anyway, you know, because they're scared to use them. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not yeah, arguing yeah. about that. I understand it, but I, I think Barb, I think your point, my point as well is that how much practice are you really getting 
if you're scared to use the products that you just bought because you don't want to use up this precious uh, product because it costs so much. You know, this is not helping you at all. If you get something, though, that is comparable and is okay in the beginning, and I, I even recommend in my beginner's, beginner's color pencil course to start out with Prismacolor Premier because of the price point. It's an affordable price point. So the same thing is true with any other type of pencil that will give you some similar results but will not break the bank and it will help you in you know just figuring out, like you said, whether or not that pawn shop guitar is going to lead you down this path of enjoying this uh, particular thing and then you can ramp up. But on the other hand, so this is this is the thing, and I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here, but this is something that has always concerned me, is that if you're using a cheaper pencil, that's not always going to perform just the same as one of these better pencils. And so that's been my concern all along, is that are you really going to enjoy the medium if you're using a subpar product and that you don't like it because it doesn't perform the way that maybe – um, you know, it, it, uh, I claim that it performs or someone else claims that it performs something like that. That's a concern of mine a little bit. What, you know, let's talk about that. What, what would you say to that? Um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a totally valid concern. And I can say from experience, I've definitely tried brands where I'm like, oh, this is, this does not perform mm -hmm. the way it should to get certain results. That right. said, there still are ones that will. And they will enough to the point that if, again, if you were a beginner, you're going to get enough out of the, um, uh, what the, what certain brands are able to do to actually still get a good result. So what I think ends up happening is when you're at a certain level of experience and a certain level of ability, you notice those frustrations a little bit more because if you are used to using some of the higher end brands that perform a certain way, you want them to perform like those brands. So you, so you, you like, it, it's, it's kind of like the curse of knowing, right? Like you, you know right. what could be done. Yeah, so exactly. you're expecting that out of it. But if you're brand new and you're not like you, you like you've never used um, Karen Dosh before, you don't know what's capable your skill level is not at the level of when you use them, you can get a certain result. You're not going to know the difference. Like I, I, I think that, you know, that's not to say that you shouldn't at some point upgrade as your skill evolves and as you get better. But I think, you know, there's, I think it's a valid concern that certain brands won't perform very well, but I think it's more about identifying those brands than it is, um, just discounting them altogether, right? So yeah, that makes. I mean that that makes a lot of sense, and and I like what you said. I mean, you're. I think you're absolutely right that there. You start to build an awareness. You start to understand just more about maybe just drawing concepts. If you're totally brand new to art and drawing in general, there's just some drawing concepts that you uh, need to kind of learn first anyway. And it, mm -hmm. I, I guess it it sort of sounds like you know you're in training, and so you got the ankle weights on, but when you're going to go out there and fully sprint you're going to take the ankle weights off and that's what will happen whenever you use some of the more professional brands you'll be like wow this this actually mm -hmm. performs so much better than when mm -hmm. i was trying to make this other brand do what i thought it was going to be able to do and it didn't yeah but i don't want anyone to think that we're just going to leave you in the dark when uh, Barb is talking about certain brands i'm <laughs> i'm going to fill in the blank a little bit for you not entirely but 
I hate to sound so mysterious, but Barb and I are actually going to do some subsequent shows and we're going to talk about uh, some alternatives. And I think that will be a very useful tool for you, especially if you're just starting out in the medium. I don't know, say you're uh, holed up at home right now and you've got a lot of time on your hands and maybe it's something you want to start exploring and uh, maybe you know, the funds are kind of low and you're wanting to just kind of get into the medium, then we do have some uh, recommendations for you in some future shows. You know what I'd also say to that, John, as well, is that I think there's something to be said about learning skills so that you actually do appreciate the Mm -hmm. higher end Mm -hmm. or more expensive quality brands. Like, I think, you know, if, if, um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of an analogy here. Like now I'm thinking of a car analogy. I'm just thinking like if, if, you know, if you're not a race car driver and you step into a formula one car, you're not going to like be able to drive it the way you should. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Go with me on this. I know nothing about this subject, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's yeah. one of those things where, you know, with anything, sometimes you, you need to build a foundation before you Absolutely. can use something that's that's created to perform at a higher level to really understand and appreciate why it performs that way and then how right. to use it. Cause I think, yes. you know, that's not to say that you can't buy Faber-Castell polychromos and use it today as oh, a right. beginner, but, Absolutely. but I think, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, when you're, when you're new starting with colored pencil, you're either really heavy handed or you're going through them a lot for whatever reason. And yeah, do you want to buy like a $400 set of colored pencils right. and burn through them when you're just learning? Like, I just, I don't know. To me, it's like, if you don't even know if you're going to stick with this yet, like, right. you know, and you know, you spoke to, you know, we're going to do some shows on which brands we recommend are kind of good beginner alternatives. Like, I think sometimes starting with that and eventually working your way up makes more sense to me. Cause I think, yeah. you know, and one of the ones you mentioned was Prismacolor and I know Prismacolor kind of gets a little bit of a bad reputation, but I have to say like I started with Prismacolor and I, oh, I, I, will, I, I will to this day still defend them because I yeah. think, you know, while yes, I also <laughs> hate how much they break. Right, I feel right. like absolutely fundamentally what you are able to do with that product um, as you know, for the price point and as a beginner, right. it, it will give you a lot of foundation to, to carry into experimenting with other brands. And I think too, what'll happen is, you know, as you, I, like I me, mean, I don't know about you, but I'm sure we're probably the same this way. I have like a drawer. I will, I will have colored pencils until I die. Like oh, they, <laughs> I bent over, they fall out of my shirt. I think, you know, I, know. I mean, they're, I, they're everywhere. <laughs> I have a ridiculous amount of sets and I'm not saying yeah. that to brag. I'm just saying that like for my own interest for, you know, stuff that I did with colored pencil magazine, like I just have yeah. a lot of sets. And what's, what's sort of been beneficial to me that way is that I've been able to make up my own mind on what I like. And, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the thing of like, some people really like how buttery and soft Prismacolor is, but you know, other people would say like, oh, that's too, I don't like that. That doesn't work for, you know, the way that I layer the way that, you know, the style that I like to, to create. And so, I mean, part of the discovery and I guess the journey when you're learning a new medium is finding a brand or, you know, qualities of a brand that work with you. And it's not always going to be, you know, it's not always going to be the one that your favorite artist recommends. Like, and, and, and I think too, there's, there's sort of that, um, 
misconception that if you buy the brand that your favorite artist uses, your art's going to look like theirs. And that's not how that works at all. Like you're going to, there's so many factors that go into that. So first of all, there's your own personal way of creating, like your, the way that you mark make is going to be different than somebody else, no matter what you can learn to be a copyist. But I mean, assuming that that's not what you're doing at the end of the day, like you're, your artwork, the two two artists can use the exactly the same colored pencil and their work can look so different. And, oh, absolutely. And, and I think, um, you know, you shouldn't be buying a product just thinking that if you buy it, then your art will look like someone's because there's so much more that goes into why it looks that way. And that's maybe that's right. the point that I think sometimes people miss is that, you know, it's not as simple as just buying a certain brand. It's the skills, it's the yeah. practice, it's the knowledge that goes into, yeah, understanding how to create that final result. It's not just about the brand. I want to take a break here really quick and talk about our new sponsor for the podcast for the month of April, Fruit of the Bean Coffee. I just purchased this Kenyan coffee and I'm smelling, I just opened the bag and smelling that fresh coffee is, it's just so good. But even better than that is drinking it. It's a medium to light roast coffee, so a little bit higher caffeine content with that. It's a well-balanced cup with a fruity tone to it. But they've got a lot of other flavors to choose from. You could try the Bally Blue, the Breakfast Blend, the Costa Rica. There's a hazelnut. There's a French vanilla. There's an organic Peru decaf coffee. But right now is the perfect time to try Fruit of the Bean Coffee. They're offering 20% off for the next couple of months. For those who may be feeling the pinch of just being quarantined at home, not able to get out and do your normal activities, maybe it's a financial burden as well. But the nice thing is you don't even have to go to the store. You can order online. Be sure and check them out. Go over to sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. I'll have a link in the show notes. I want to thank them again for sponsoring the show for the month of April. Fruitofthebean.com and get 20% off your next order. Well, and I can I can speak to that even uh, experientially for me. I mean, that that's exactly what happened. I remember thinking, okay, I've got this figured out. I, you know, I went through a book. And I did all the tutorials in the back of the book. Excellent book, though. But <laughs> And it was written by uh, Cecile Baird. It was a really good book. But I went through those tutorials, and I thought, I am good to go. You know, I'm ready to uh, start creating artwork. And I entered, um, you know, I submitted my artwork to the Color Pencil Society of America International Exhibition. And I was crushed because it didn't get accepted. And, uh, you know, the juror looked at it obviously said hmm thanks but no thanks and i i was just i i i'm i'm very serious i'm i'm nearly over it but i was kind of crushed and um that was back in 2012 sure? <laughs> <laughs> i'm nearly over you don't, you One, don't really sound over three. it well my my therapist says two or three more do, sessions do you talk be, about be, it a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> let me lie down here Okay. So okay. <laughs> uh, what happened, though, is I went to the show, you know, is right here in Cincinnati. I went to the show and I looked at all the pieces that were accepted. And I was I was just like, let me take a look at these. You know, what how, what could make these better than that? That thing that I submitted, you know, they don't know what real art is, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I, I'm I'm embellishing a little bit here, but I went to the show and I I was just amazed at what I saw. I mean, it, the pieces that I, I was looking at were so good. 
And and it wasn't just because, you know, they're better artists than me or they, you know, knew how to use the pencils and all. Well, it was actually they knew how to use the pencils, but they understood art concepts. They understood drawing concepts because I was brand new. I had just started. I don't remember 2008, 2009, something like that when I came back to art. So I felt like I was starting over. So my point is I was learning the medium still. I didn't know that. I thought I had already advanced to this level. It took me a few years to be real honest about it. I'm not saying it's going to take you a few years. Maybe if you're listening today and you're drawing every single day in colored pencil, it might take you less time than that. Uh, I know some of my students, they just progress very quickly uh, because they're drawing all the time and they've got time to do it and they enjoy it and they uh, just dedicate a lot of time to it. Uh, and that's great. But for me, you know, I, I wasn't able to just draw nonstop all day long. I was working a day job, uh, but it took me a while and I learned over time how to use my pencils better. And I think that it's actually a good recommendation to talk to a newer artist and to say, hey, you know what? Let's learn these core concepts first and learn what drawing is all about how to use colored pencil, how to blend, how to use uh, all of these concepts like burnishing and like a multicolor uh, blend and layering and light and heavy pressure and uh, solvent and the list could go on and on. But let's learn some of these things first and learn how to do total saturation first and what style you prefer and all that before you know we just advance into this uh, level of buying all these expensive pencils. So I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. And, um, actually looking back at it now, you know, I wish actually someone had really talked to me more about that. I, I, I guess I came to the medium at a time where there was this heightened awareness of, um, light fast ratings. And, um, there were probably a lot of pencils that I could have used that I just kind of got rid of and I just yeah. didn't use them because, I just thought, you know, that that was what I was supposed to do. Let's go donate these to the landfill. No, I didn't. I didn't do that, but I donated them to some uh, some kids anyway. But, you know, I, I wish looking back that that I had done that. And I have students today. I think I mentioned this to you, Barb, that they will tell me, oh, yeah, this was done in Prismacolor Premier with fugitive colors. This was done with some light fast, uh, poor light fast rating colors because I want to use those up while I'm practicing and while I'm you know, increasing my skill level, which I think is so logical, makes a lot of sense. You know, for me, I like to use some of those brands in my sketchbooks too. So not even pieces. I like, I like to save my polychromos for like my actual bigger pieces that I do. But anytime I do anything um, in a sketchbook, I do a lot of 30 day challenges and stuff like that just for, yeah. you know, to keep up my creativity and stuff like that. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, sketchbooks are not going to be on display you're even, they don't you're not see even the light exposing those to light yeah yeah no, so they're, no, they're exactly. actually gonna last so, for a while yeah so i mean I, I i would also say i don't think there's anything wrong with having like the good set that you use mm -hmm. for you know pieces right. that you plan to sell or bigger pieces and then having the sets that you use 
as you know your practice sets or for sketchbooks right. or stuff right. like that and um i mean i believe i could be wrong about this i apologize if i am but i'm pretty sure actually that's how watercolor started it was sort of not started but that's what the primary use of watercolor was for a long time was just as a study medium in for, for artists who were oh, you know using know oil or acrylic sense. so yeah i'm pretty, okay. pretty sure i'm right about that <laughs> but oh, yeah like i mean water Watercolor for a long time, I think, had a really hard time being accepted as a fine oh, art yeah. medium because partly because of that, because it was seen as like a a practice medium, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it's 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 one of those things where I think, you know, even if you do eventually decide, you know what, I don't I don't love this brand for final pieces, or I'm going to start selling my originals. I need to, you know, upgrade to a brand that has better overall light fast ratings. There's right. nothing wrong with that, but that's not to say that the set that you now have is useless because you can use them in stuff like sketchbooks. If you still like how they perform to some extent, there's, there's other uses you can have for that. So, yeah. um, you know, and you may find too that you find a brand you really love that isn't in one of the, you know, top four or whatever brands that get talked mm -hmm. about the most. Mm -hmm. right. And, you know, maybe it's just a point of those, those, you know, pieces are only ever sold as prints. You don't sell the right. original of that one. And there are a lot of artists that make a really great, you know, income through prints and not right. necessarily originals. So, you know, I mean, it's, there's, there's ways to still use things that are uh, like these products that are performing at a, in a certain way that are within your budget and, and not have to, um, you know, compromise all these other things. Well, that takes care of the problem that, um, I often think about and talk about, which is, well, what if you're creating a drawing and you're so excited about the way it turned out, but you used fugitive colors, then what, you know, and th that's been long, uh, lo that's long been my reasoning for trying to use the best quality products that you can. I still believe that you should use as good a products as you can, but if you're brand new to the medium, and you're wanting to start out and test it and figure out if it's something you'll enjoy long term that you can go with uh, some less expensive products. But I always think about that problem that if you create something and then you really loved what you created, but you realize, oh, this wasn't uh, done with light fast products or I didn't do it on an archival uh, material uh, as my paper or my uh, surface. But I think that takes care of it right there. You can think to yourself that if that does occur, you can get a fine, high-quality print made, maybe even a gicler, uh, and then that will take care of that problem. You can reproduce that. Is our point with that? So, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're, you're not, your hands aren't tied essentially, yeah. right? Like, yeah, the reality for a lot of people is that, you know, uh, I mean, I have a full-time job. I have. I don't have kids. I have an expendable income mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I don't own a set of Karen Dosh because I still have a really hard time justifying that price point. And it's, it's not because I don't desperately want them. It's just that, <laughs> you know, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's that, that will still always be a barrier for some people is just right. that it's like, okay, well, if I have $400, what am I going to spend? Am I going to spend it on this luxury product? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, I could, I could to... tell you though that yeah. <laughs> once, <laughs> once you have some though, and you use them, I, I know, think, I, that's I think I'm you'll be converted. <laughs> this is what I'm afraid They're of. So I'm good. totally going to yeah. try them and be like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, what, <laughs> what gonna... am I saying? Groceries? Who needs groceries? <laughs> I don't I need to eat I could live on rice week. and beans. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 
So I don't want to make the, the same mistake that I made back in 2015. I do want to define just a little bit more than um, what a light fast rating then might mean when you hear certain descriptions. Now, keep in mind that all these descriptions are not going to be the same. I mean, there are marketing um, terms that are used and thrown around by some of the pencil companies. And so you have to kind of know what they mean by uh, these different descriptions that they use. What are they talking about? If there is a standard rating system that they're going by, and they disclose that information, then we have more of some concrete information to go on, and we can tie that back to a description. On the other hand, if they don't have any type of rating system that they say they've used, then uh, it it opens it up for discussion, right? And we and for interpretation. So, but let me go through this. There is a, a good cross tab that you can reference as well over on Wikipedia under uh, just light fast. If you type in light fastness, I'll put the N E S S on it and it'll come up right away. And I'll put the link to it in the show notes. But for a description of, uh, and we run through these very poor light fastness, poor light fastness, fair light fastness, very good light fastness, excellent light fastness. It's so weird. Light fastness starts to sound like a really weird word after you say it 12 yep, times. The more you say it. <laughs> so the measuring scale then for anything between a one and a three, which would be very poor to poor. Uh, if you want to look across the, uh, the across the row there in the next columns over, you've got the blue wool and the ASTM, the D6901 uh, standard set by the ASTM. and what. What this tells me is that anything within a blue wool rating of one to three, an ASTM rating of five to four, then equates to very poor or poor light fastness. So what does that mean? That doesn't tell me anything, right? You may be wondering. If you go over to the far right, then it tells us under normal conditions of display, these, these artworks will last. Now, this is this is what's a little bit strange, I guess. Um, anything less than a three is – well, I'll say it like this. Anything within a one on the blue wool or a five on the ASTM, less than two years. Okay. That's so rare on many of these uh, uh, nicer pencils that you're ever even going to run across one of those. Once in a while, you do. And we'll talk about those particulars whenever we discuss some of these pencils in subsequent shows. But on a two and a three – then you've got um, you know blue wool two and three or a four in the ASTM. Then uh, direct sun exposure in the summer and winter of four to eight days, or in the winter two to four weeks, it could last between and check out this range, two years to fifteen years. Okay, I don't know about you, Barb. Uh, I can't think of the last time that I have left my artwork out in the winter for direct exposure between two and four weeks. Have you? I mean, anyway, I just had to point that out. Just forgot okay. about so, it. Out on the <laughs> yeah, it's just out there. I'll just leave it out there for I about a month. can't do that month. here. It would be covered in <laughs> oh, snow. Would be, it would be it ruined. It would be covered in snow, wouldn't it? That would protect it forever. So <laughs> then, we've, then we've got fair light fastness. Four or five on the blue wool. And a three on the ASTM, 
And here's the range. And I'm just going to say it to you like this. I'm going to group four and five together. Between two and five weeks in the summer, between two and five months in the wintertime. And then that equates to a display uh, that would fade over time between 15 and 50, five zero years. Five zero years. So that could last as long as possibly 50 years. On the low side, 15 years. That's a fair rating, four and five or three on the ASTM. Okay, so let's talk about the last category, very good or excellent. That's a seven or eight on Blue Wall. That's a one rating on the ASTM. So the one rating or the two rating that you can equate um, to on many of these fine art pencils like um, Derwent Lightfast, Polychromos, Carindosh, Luminance pencils, you're going to find a one or a two, right? Most of the time. Polychromos has uh, some variability in there with uh, a couple of them that are, are a little bit lower than that. But what we're talking about then in this excellent uh, rating system here with a 7.8 and a 1 is three to four months in um, summer uh, exposure. So that's a 7. 7 to 9 months. For winter exposure, that's also the seven uh, for the blue wool. Blue wool is more granular, just to be clear about it. And uh, so the the bottom line is that'll last for over 100 years. Nobody, nobody knows exactly, I guess. It's going to be over 100 years. It's considered to be extremely light fast. It's not going to fade over time. So the seven and eight, there's a little bit of a difference in there with um, the way the blue wool will qualify that the point is this anything within a six seven or eight or one uh, no blue wool or a one or a two on the astm is going to last on the low side maybe 50 years on the high side and more probably because no one's exposing their artwork to direct sunlight i hope not if you are then we need to have some other conversations <laughs> but um it's going to last over 100 years is the point under some normal, some typical uh, conditions uh, of museum quality. So you're you're framing this, you're you're informing your client, or you're doing this yourself, where you're not putting it in direct uh, UV exposure, and you're protecting the artwork, you're controlling humidity conditions, all the other things that uh, would matter. Um, so you can be pretty confident in that type of rating. So I just wanted to. Run through that very quickly. Again, the link would be over there in the show notes as well. I think another thing to consider with that as well is, you know, depending on where you're living in the world, you may not get a lot of sunlight anyways, because there's certainly um, certain parts of, you know, even in Canada, there's, a, you know, Vancouver doesn't get a ton of sunlight. Calgary, where I live, is supposed to get some of the most sunlight in the entire country. So, you know, and, and again, yeah, you shouldn't be putting your artwork in direct sunlight if 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 it potentially will be in a high sunlight area you know that's where i would also recommend that people are using uv glass yeah. um you know there's a lot of extra measures you can do to sort of um you know help combat that i believe right. also there are certain sprays spray fixatives that are supposed to help with that as well so i mean there there are kind of other things you can be doing as well to sort of help combat you know, the fading yeah. of your artwork anyways. Um, 
but yeah, like I, I, I think it's really important to sort of be aware and understand what these actually mean and, and understanding the conditions that this is being, um, I guess tested under. And I think right. the, the direct exposure and, you know, this chart really sort of summarizes it well in terms of like, okay, well we stuck this in direct sunlight over the summer for six to eight weeks and this right. is what happened and, right. and whatever. And, um, you know, it's, I, I think those kind of things are good to, to understand instead of, cause what I think happens a lot is that, you know, there tends to be uh, trends with things and, and certainly light fast is one of the ones that's really big, big right now with colored pencils specifically. And, you know, people think, Oh, light mm-hmm. fast. Well, I can't even look at this if it doesn't talk about <laughs> right. light fastest. Right. And, and that being said, th- these other companies are aware of it. So they're adding it to their marketing language on these products. But the thing is, it, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit and I sort of want to speak to it a little bit more just from a marketing perspective when they're saying good to very good light fast ratings or excellent light fast ratings if they're not actually providing a specific uh information uh breakdown on the actual packaging or it's not available on their website chances are they're being very liberal with that language in the sense that um it could be maybe a few of them that have excellent light fast ratings but because they're not making it necessarily a claim about every specific one they can kind of get around yeah, that yeah so exactly i mean it's, it's something not like to take into consideration if they're not disclosing that and saying this is the rating system by which yeah. we measured this product yeah then it you know it, it's marketing language and and uh i'm sorry they i mean they can use terms that they want to use um but you know we pour meaning into words and if we don't have a standard by which we can uh, assign uh, a label or meaning to a particular um, word that's used or a, a, um, a couple of words that are used, then it's up for interpretation. And so we just have to be aware that we have to be educated consumers as artists of these products, whether we're a hobbyist or whether we're doing this uh, professionally. And then being able to know, um, you know, what, you know, what we're um, dealing with and what what the standards are, I think is just a helpful thing. And let me just say yeah, this. I, bef- sorry, I want to say this one last thing here, Barb. Sure. And that no, is no, go that, ahead. that um, I've, I've had the question before. Well, how can it be that a, um, a blue wool rating could have, you know, a variability in there of, let's say, you know, three months to one and a half years, and then they, they can claim between, 50 years and over 100 years how can there be that much variability in a standard like that here's part of the problem with that and i'm no expert in this at all so i'll just start by saying that and if anyone is an expert would love to come on the show email me at any time and uh, i'll arrange for that to happen but i want to say this though from what i understand talking to some of these brands in the past they have to give the range because not every pencil, even with that rating system, uh, you know, they can still assign a rating system and and they can say, okay, it's falling into the two, but with this particular one over here, there is a there's a noticeable uh, range of fading, but it's still within you know this six week period, or it's still you know it went as far as 
one and a half years, that kind of thing. So there, you know, there, there's nothing, there's nothing weird going on. There's nothing, um, you know, untoward happening with these company. I mean, that, that is the standard. That is uh, something that has been the standard for a long, long time. They're not trying to, um, you know, sneak one over on us or anything like that. Um, and though it may seem like that when you, when you look at how, how much distance there is between, uh, you know, some of the direct exposure to UV rays, that's, that's actually not what's happening. That is allowable within the standard that was set. And so they're fully within uh, their rights to publish that information and to say it falls within a two or a one. They're not trying to hide anything from us. So I just wanted to say that because sometimes I get that question and I just want to be clear about that, that they're, they're actually trying to be very above board and uh, disclose as much information about the product as they can when they tell you what rating system that they used. Yeah, and I would say I think the the biggest thing with that is you just want to make sure that you're educating yourself and you're aware. Mm -hmm. So if you are buying a certain brand of colored pencils that you are aware that, okay, there are no actual light fast ratings for this. And so they are claiming they are light fast. And, you know, sometimes it's as simple as going to the website. I I still would say that I would like them to have some sort of record of that information if they're going to make that claim. Mm-hmm. That said, right. uh, you know, going back to kind of what our main point with this is, is that don't also let that still stop you from buying the brand if it makes sense for you. So where that is, and, and you know, just to reiterate it, where that is, the biggest concern is if you are a professional artist, if you're selling your work, by all means, that needs to be, you should be trying to have the highest integrity you can for that. But uh Absolutely. I, I just think, um, you know, it, it's it's just just be a smart consumer, like just yeah. just be an informed consumer, I guess, right. is is the way that um, I should probably say it. But uh, I, I think all of this stuff is is important. It's it's good to to know kind of what you're what you're getting into. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, too, if you're I mean, we have so much access to information now. And yeah, yep. and I think there's really no excuse to not sort of take the time to educate yourself a little bit on that and and right. do the research. And if you're not sure, trying to talk to someone who does know, I mean, a part of the reason yeah. we're doing the show is, is cause you know, there are probably a lot of people that have questions about this sort of thing. And, you know, you and I talked about how, you know, light fast ratings to begin with, you know, is probably a little bit of a, you know, a sensitive topic for some people. Cause I imagine there are a lot of people, you know, artists out there that, that want to use some of these other brands, but like almost feel like they can't because of the light fast right. ratings or the lack of light fast ratings. And, and I mean, if it's a point of needing permission, I'm here to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> you get, you like, heard it. You got permission from Barb, yeah, right? Now. I, I don't, I don't know how, how much, how much <laughs> weight we that holds for anyone, uh, but, but, but truly like, I think, yeah. you know, barring the, the, you know, the exception of what we've already talked about, which is, you know, if you're in a pro- professional standpoint, selling your artwork, like why not? Like if you pick up a brand of colored pencils and you really love them and they work really well for you and you know, you're not at a point where you're selling your art anyways, by all means, yeah. use them, learn, yeah. just, yeah. you know, sharpen the crap out of them to the point that you have to buy another set if you do, but like, don't let that stop you from, from learning and from, you know, getting to know this medium. Cause I I would hate for, 
it to be a barrier for anyone who who yeah. wants to and just thinks that they can't afford it or thinks that it's just for whatever re- for whatever me- reason sorry um beyond their means yeah and and i guess uh, to kind of wrap up here and 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 talk specifically and directly to the professional artist uh and your maybe your concerns about using uh some of those products Again, I kind of go back to uh, to what your point was, Barb, with regard to having having that multi pronged approach. You know, maybe a three punch approach if you're in the boxing ring, and you think about it like that. It's like, okay, I you know, not only am I going to uh, be concerned about light fast ratings, but if I'm selling my work and I want it to last and blah blah blah, all these reasons, then I can also say, okay, I'm going to use a protectant. I'm going to spray my work with a protectant barrier, you know, a fixative, a final fixative. Uh, I'm going to use that. But then also I'm going to r- make sure that I frame this under a UV protected glass. So the museum glass would be the highest quality standard that we have available to us right now. There's some other ones though that are very, very good as well. So if you have uh, some of these measures in place already. Another thing that I know professional artists, many of them do, I do this as well, is I will use, I don't have any problem using uh, a five rating and maybe even a four. It depends on how much of it I used and something like that. If I know it's something that possibly might be sold at some point, I don't have a problem doing that if it is one of these layers underneath a lot of other layers. And I'm using some of uh, my more light fast pencils on top. I've talked to a lot of artists that sell their work all the time that do that as well. And they've not noticed any degradation in quality or value or the hue starting to fade. So I feel completely confident doing that as well. Now I'll say just uh, one final thing about some direct information that, I, that I've got from a fine art illustrator that has been illustrating for decades and he said that he is he uses the color race colored pencils and um, as far as i know there's not any light fast ratings ever available for those pencils um but he's he's used those and over 30 years if i remember correctly he's not seen any loss of color it, they have not faded at all why they don't say if they uh have tested those pencils or not you know, and maybe they do now. I've never been able to find it, and I don't think he has either. But um, I don't know why they don't discuss that. But the fact that many people regard them as fugitive, but we have you know this firsthand information that over time he's not seen any change in um, the fading of uh, those artworks. I think is pretty telling, and uh, maybe maybe something to reconsider if you haven't thought about that lately. So. One last thing I wanted to also mention, John, just uh, Mm -hmm. we had talked about this before, too. But from, you know, as a graphic designer and from a print perspective, there's going to be certain colors that are always going to be fugitive. Uh, Mm -hmm. Red, for Mm -hmm. example, will always fade first. It always, always will. I'm sure many people have seen, you know, posters in the window of a store and eventually over time, you know, it's it goes from being full color to like this, you know, blue and black sort of maybe a little bit of yellow toned. Uh, thing and 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 that's just the nature of certain hues and certain colors they just i mean red is one of those colors that is actually 
one of the most expensive, even if you're going into acrylic paint, um, if you're getting certain pigments of it, will will actually be phys- like it will be literally more expensive than say a green or something. So, right. and part of that is just uh, the nature of how the the color is created and the pigments that they need to use to make it. So, I mean, you know, Maybe we it, should while- go back to red uh, lead. Yeah, yeah. Vermilion uh, red. That's the only color you can use. <laughs> you get enough problems in the world right now, health-wise. We don't Let's need like red. people having lead. <laughs> From lead. Yeah, yeah. no. I'm just uh, kidding. Totally. But yeah, but yeah, like just something to keep in mind is that yeah. you know, like there's going to be certain colors that are always just going to have that issue. Um, right. You know, right. I mean, it it sounds like you know, it, with certain brands, certainly Durant Light Faster are doing their part to try to you know create colors that sort of I guess uh defy that if you will but Mm -hmm. um you know generally speaking unless you are I mean listen if you're gonna call your product light fast it better be light fast so 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 good for them (laughs) you know what I mean like (laughs) if you're gonna call it light fast it better be light fast but uh but but as far as some of these other brands are concerned, you know, they're, they're, they're not necessarily, you know, part of why the price point is the way it is, is because they're not necessarily using as high of quality pigments or whatever. And, and so that's just going to be par for the course with them. But again, like, you know, we're talking about that being um, a very important thing in the context of you being professional and selling your originals. So, you know, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is is just don't don't let light fast ratings be the thing that stops you from from trying this medium and from, you know, get practicing. Right, right. Awesome. Very, very good. Yeah, so let's uh, let's just wrap this up. Then, does light fast really matter? You know, I, I guess we answered that, and the answer is maybe sometimes, <laughs> and no. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is this has been awesome, Barb. Thanks so much for coming on and discussing that with me. Really appreciate that. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So Barb, uh, we did an interview with Barb uh, that's been some time ago. I think back in 2018, you can listen to that interview. Uh, It was show number 175 if you're interested in that. And um, uh, I think you'll be well served by listening to uh, all the other things that she has to share uh, about what she's um, done up until that point. But the good news is Barb's going to come on here again. We're going to talk about some more uh, granular things. We're going to discuss some of these brands that uh, we've kind of hinted at, and we're going to talk about some that you might be able to just start using as a beginner uh, and um, some pros and cons to um, what some of these brands may have to offer. I think we talked about this subject for a really long time. <laughs> I knew we would. <laughs> All the things you ever wanted to know about LightFast. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining, guys. Again, if you are part of the member circle over there in Monthly Sharpener, then you can go ahead and view this uh, podcast on video, the rough of cut version of it. And uh, there's a lot of other goodies that you may explore while you're over there. Um, Not just the video podcast, but there are uh, sharpen up skills that are available to you as well. Video uh, sharpen up skills uh, between one and three hours long. Um, Many, many other things that we could go into and we're not going to right now. But anyway, love to have you come over there and join us. It's a free online community called Monthly Sharpener. There will be a link in the show notes. 
And this is a weekly show. You can reach out at any time. Just email podcast at sharpenedartist.com. I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Thank you.